The following podcast gimmick has been paid for by Look at the Adjective. Rabble rousers in polyester trousers. Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We are here to podcast. Honestly, if we don't, then we've got nothing else to live for. I am the Taskmaster John Mack and I'm joined, as always, by a man who wears a leather jacket to a nightclub. A man who mixes effortless cool with 180 BPM pounding bass drum. What do you do at one of those rave gimmicks? Yorkshire techno twat, mash up Mark Crowther. <laughs> <laughs> you alright, mate? And you said it was a bad intro. <laughs> no, I said I did it on the bus. If it was shit, I do apologise. <laughs> I'm good, mate. How are you doing? Back on Nitro. Woohoo! Back on Nitro. I can't understand. <laughs> I am good, though. I am good, though. But before we do that, we've got some pressing matters to, to attend to, haven't we? As always, we've got uh, the most pressing of matters. We're going to take that moonlit stroll down Boulevard of Broken Bellends, <laughs> down to Moron Avenue. So the credit is called the sack. It's credit of the fortnight, three weeks, month. month. Fuck knows. <laughs> Have you got one for me, Marky? Well, I've got a couple, really. I think one's the sort of undisputed title match, the main event, you know, the the big one this oh, yeah. week. First first one I had, it was... Uh, I mean, it's not the most ridiculous thing Dave Meltzer's ever said, but um, he, he's on... No, uh... He sets heavy standards, doesn't he? <laughs> no. Yeah, he does. Uh, but um, he was on a... He was on a sort of interview. He was interviewed by Chris Van Vliet, I think it is. He's, he sort of interviews a lot of wrestlers and does podcasts and stuff like that. He's all right, to yeah, be fair. I don't mind him. Familiar with his work, yeah. He did a... I think it was about an hour-long interview with Meltzer. And and to be fair to him, he, he did press him on some of the, some of the things that some people... You know, say so against it, may, maybe could have been a bit more investigative, maybe, but um, didn't have his inve- Oakland braces on, didn't have Gareth yeah. Keenan investigates <laughs> on the case, investigation in process. But uh, some of the main highlights were um, his and meeting room, <laughs> some of his main, some of the main highlights from the interview. I mean, if you haven't seen it, just watch it. This is full of absolute snippets of Meltzer just contradicting himself in a way. He basically pressed him on his sort of almost obsession or his preference to New Japan. He was saying, look, you've you've given out, and who gives a shit anyway, but he said you've given out blah, blah, blah amount of five-star matches. 82, your... was it 82 five-star matches or something plus? He's like, yeah, you've given 82 or somewhere in that number five-star matches to New Japan, whereas you've only given six or eight or something like that to WWE. And it was like, how can that be true? And he And he was just like... Oh well, yeah, I prefer their style. So it's like you're not really you're not an impartial person then, are you? Because you've got a preference no. on that. So exactly. you've, you've got no like what like this this is the whole point with wrestling. You can't you can't quantify it in a star rating, can you? Because you you obviously no. like that more than what might me and you might like or blah 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 down the road might like. So that was one of them where it was just like you've obviously got a bias towards it. So I mean, is this five star rating even worth doing? And he was, and something that we always mention, which was funny enough that he actually brought it up in the interview, it was about the Hogan Rock thing. And we always yeah. say, you know, in the ring, not a great match, 
but no. in terms of a in terms of a spectacle and a, and a moment in time for a match, it's an absolute iconic match. It's classic, and and, and that room just yeah, exactly. There's, it is it gets over in that room? What else has got more over in that room? I mean, that's in that's that's one of the years. That like I say, that's one of his things in it. Well, it got over in that room. So I mean, 100%. and and as you say, if you watch that match back, it's like you know, obviously, it's just electric from minute one. It's like you know, the, yeah. the, that should have been the main event. Do you know what I mean, it, it should have been at the end of the day, but it was just absolutely amazing. And he was saying to him, "Look, that that was one of my favorite matches of all time." This Chris Van Vliet said, "I was actually there in attendance. It was in Toronto, um, at my hometown, and all this." And and I couldn't believe you gave it a was it a free star? He gave it something like that. Uh, yeah, something like that. I mean, obviously, he gave uh, Paige Janela more. <laughs> yeah, and that just says it all, doesn't it? Um, but he was just saying, look, how, how can you give that free star when you, you talk about... And he was like, well, you know, and you know, he, he, the way he speaks, he's like, uh, 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 he's like, well, yeah, yeah, if that was anyone else, it probably would have been. Free star was probably generous. It was, but it's like, but it wasn't anyone else, Dave. That's the whole point. <laughs> We're talking about you know, an absolute iconic match. And, and he was like, oh, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to change my ratings. It's my ratings and all this. <laughs> and he was just exactly. like... It's his ratings. It's nobody yeah. else's. And he's like... Uh, there was another bit... I mean, there's countless stuff in it, but there was another bit where he was on about how, oh, you know, I've been through it all with wrestling. I've been reporting it for nearly 40 years. And I was... Back in the day, I was told that Ric Flair couldn't work. I was told that Ricky Steamboat couldn't work. So this is the same things that are being leveled at people like Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, just trying to justify that, really. And it's like, really, was it? Was it? Was that labelled at him? I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said Ricky Steamboat can fucking work. <laughs> I mean, this this is what the geezer said, and I think he's just trying to justify that. You know, his favourite guys that get a bit of stick saying they can't actually do this, they can't work a proper style, and or whatever. But I mean, if you do fancy watching an hour of just contradiction and idiocy, just stick yourself on Chris Van Vliet's YouTube channel and watch the Dave Meltzer's interview. But that that was the the. I mean, it's not the worst thing he's ever done, but I just yeah. thought it was funny. There was about four or five clips I could have brought up. Just adding to that, he, he put out a tweet the other day saying it's a about the Young Bucks, Kotobushian, Mysterio, Ray Phoenix, and Bandido six man uh, all in, which we thought was pump. <laughs> that was like 12 like, minutes oh, or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a real, real shame they cut their match from 25 to 12. It could have been an all time classic. <laughs> but it's, but Hogan Rock is not an all time classic. <laughs> but they, this turd, where it was just move after move after move after move. Somersaults, yeah. Instead of, See, you, do, just, you know, do you know what most people would do, though, if you knew you were going to get your match cut almost in half? You wouldn't just go, right, let's just fucking go a million miles an hour and get all our shit in, would you? You'd just work it different, wouldn't no, you? No, of course like, you would. Like, back in the day, you'd just be like, right, we've we've been given a limited amount of time, let's do this, let's get to this end goal. But they've just gone, right, fuck it, million finishes. I remember watching that, and you, and you were just thinking, this is woeful. <laughs> I think, it, it, but he's basically saying, listen, this is what I like, so I'll rate it like that, but he, he loves that people think he's the gospel on it. He loves yeah. it. He does. And he's, he basically just says it's my opinion and pe- why people run with it, I'll never know. But he acts like he is the gatekeeper. I know. And he's he's really not. It's Some of the matches he's, he loves, I think, are utter horseshit, and I know you do too. <laughs> but yeah. there's a lot of matches that he likes that I like. A lot of the old 
you know, all Japan stuff that he raved about, Misawa, Kobashi and stuff like that, fucking great. But I yeah, can't I mean, get on board with this mad look, young book shit at all. <laughs> well, that, that's the whole point with wrestling, though, isn't it? I mean, and that, that, that's why I originally liked, like, why I got into it, because it was like you, you had different stuff that you not you didn't yeah. like, or your your mate might have liked, or you whatever. But you know, nowadays you 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 sort of the fans are sort of conditioned. If you don't like that, then you're then you you don't get it. You, you just don't get it anymore. You don't you, you're not with it or anything like that. But. Yeah, it's just one of them, and it's just the he has cultivated a very toxic wrestling community. I would say. Yeah, the toxicity of the wrestling community will be brought up shortly. I do believe. As well. <laughs> However, I've got one. He's what back. He's back at his old tricks again. I don't know why I'm even bringing it up because Moxley is what Moxley is, and getting fucking fifty nine chopsticks nailed into the top of his fucking head in Japan <laughs> is one of the stupidest fucking things I've ever seen. <laughs> what a prick! What an oh, actual prick! But he just—it's just—it's just what he does. It's dope. It's dope. You would say it's dope, mate. Yeah, I can't he believe says... he was a WWE champion. Like, <laughs> no, I can't. Do you know what I mean, like when he when he's obviously got all these like fantasies in his head about all he wants to do, like they must have suppressed so much shit for it, so many shitty ideas that he was coming out with back like, backstage in WWF, like. He's just an absolute shit stain, isn't he? You can't deal with him. No, I, I, honestly, I don't like him. Like, I'd, I'd rather watch an Omega match than him. I'd rather watch Calvin. Oh, yeah, easily. Him. You know, he's just he's easily. Just I just... No, he's not. And he I hate, really how, I hate how overrated he's become. Like, oh, he's an amazing he's, promo. Yeah. He's amazing in ring. He's amazing, blah, blah, blah. Is he? He believes his own hype more than anybody. That's he's, the problem. He's, he's, he's like a cult leader. The thing is, though, he, like everyone's, everyone's like you see on Twitter, oh, he's by far the best member of the Shield. You know, the original three. He's not even close no, to Rollins or he's Reigns. The worst one. <laughs> he's by far the worst. Roman Reigns is clearly the the standout member of the Shield, just because of the whole package. Yeah. You know, Rollins, Rollins is well better than the best fucking... in the ring. Yeah, definitely. But he's an annoying cunt. So. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd yet, like I say though, I'd rather watch a promo of Rollins. I'd rather watch a match of Rollins than anything yeah, yeah. Moxley's done. To be quite honest, it um, just absolutely just baffles my head. I don't know. I, mean, I, I don't get I don't, why a man, why a man who is so highly regarded by his own company, he's paid millions of dollars, and then he feel why he wants to go and get that shoved in his head. Do you know what I mean, you, why, why would you do it anyway? I don't. <laughs> I mean, if you were if you were a lower guy trying to make a name for yourself, maybe I mean I can maybe understand it, but this guy he's a made man. He doesn't need to do that, and he's got like he's got a wife and a kid, and it's like, what, what are you actually doing? It's just fe- it's like a fetish, isn't it? It's like he's obsessed with these old like Japanese death matches and stuff, and he just oh, I better get yeah. involved with that. Just, it's just not for me, definitely not for me. Anyway, uh, it's, it's, do you know what it reminds me? It's like bum fights. If you remember yeah. that from like yeah. early two thousands, it's like right, I'm going to pay you this money, and you're just going to just let anyone do whatever the fuck you want to you, and just nail shit into your face, or pull yeah. your teeth out with pliers or whatever. It's ridiculous, man. It's and the guy does not need to do this. Shit. That's what I mean. There's no reason for him to do it. It makes no sense. <laughs> oh dear. But I mean, it, but it's dope. Yeah, dope. <laughs> if, if you say it's dope, it yeah, everything's fine. Then you see. I think that's his, uh, that's his ideology. I have one more before you get to your main event, Cretin. 
And this is a guy who is employed by AEW, which I didn't realise at the time. A guy called Man Scout Manning, who is uh, who works in their merch department. Never heard of him. This daft cunt. <laughs> well, wrestling for Wrestling Revolver, wrestled a fucking tent. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen the clip. I think you sent me that. <laughs> Wrestled a fucking tent. Is that worse than wrestling a doll or a broomstick? What do you reckon? I don't know. At least, at least a doll looks, you know, somewhat human. <laughs> Had human features, I guess, albeit you know, exaggerated. <laughs> but what what pissed me off and made me think, fuck me, <laughs> was the discourse underneath it. And I'm not just talking like one of them pop-up tents. It was like a fully put-together fucking tent. Didn't tie the guide ropes down, though. You know, he was. He, yeah, he thought that was a bit too it. much. <laughs> so this this character un- underneath, I can't believe I'm even saying this, he's called Brody W. Smith. His reply to that tweet was, as a fan of comedy wrestling, I at times can understand and enjoy certain things, like sometimes what DDT does. But this... It's just boring and a complete waste of time. I'm like, <laughs> all right, that's where you're going with that. So then then Wrestling Revolver, come back, the company come back. that it took place in, replied to him with, this also had months of backstory and demands of fans behind making this happen. <laughs> that long-term <What>? story. <laughs> How he couldn't get a fucking space at fucking Leeds Festival. And he couldn't put his tent up because some guy was fucking <laughs> taking up all the room. Yeah. And he was just he just wouldn't wouldn't get into the ground. The ground wasn't soft enough for him to peg it. What nuance that is. What a story. I know. <laughs> but old Brody W. Smith comes back retorting. Oh, I can appreciate continuing and giving a storyline a payoff. Uh, so I hope you got what you wanted. I was just giving my two cents. If your audience enjoyed the match, fair enough. It looks boring to me and not something I would pay to see. So nice. <laughs> That's too nice, nice isn't it? <laughs> it's fucking dump, mate. It's wrestling <laughs> a fucking tent. God. I mean, what it's is that? It's a fucking that? tent. It's a tent. <laughs> what is that? It doesn't make any sense, does it? Not John Tenner. It's a tent. <laughs> <laughs> he was the size of a tent, though, to be fair. <laughs> oh, I mean, I saw the clip of that. I thought... <laughs> What is this? What is it coming to? If he'd have made it a laugh, like a proper laugh, and like zipped half of it up and then pinned it so he had like a half skull yeah. and called it John Tenter, that would have been fucking genius. Had he got on board <laughs> with that. This was a guy fucking trying to fucking put a fucking wrist lock on a tent. <laughs> and I've seen other discourse or they even said, well, he was yeah, but he was properly like wrestling putting holds on. <laughs> Holds on what plastic? As, as, as opposed, because yeah, because if he just did young young book style, yeah, if, if he didn't lucha, work it, it'd have been stupid. If he didn't do proper yeah, moves, it'd be ridiculous. <laughs> what a fucking Burke. No wonder you only work in AEW's fucking merch department. <laughs> what a fucking turd. Oh, stuff like that is just it's funny, but then you just think, really, fucking hell. <laughs> Although they try and justify it though, it's like, well, uh, it's got months of backstory. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Great promos. <laughs> yeah. We were we were going to do it at Glastonbury, but you know we, we had to, the tent was ill. He had too many E's. 
God's sake. It's absolutely rotten stuff like that, isn't it? <laughs> I just I just don't get it. Do you remember when indies were like Ring of Honor and it was like fucking high quality stuff? And now oh, it's you mean like good. Yeah, yeah. now it's just absolutely full of fucking pure AIDS wrestling. It's absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> <Pure> AIDS. All <laughs> oh, right. Well, as much as that to me was the most cretinous thing I'd seen, something else popped up late doors. So you've got your main event, Marcos. <laughs> well, if you if you're involved with wrestling or you you were interested in wrestling on Twitter. I'll be amazed if you've missed this in the last few days. Uh, <laughs> Matt Hardy's been piping up. <laughs> oh, I see. I, I didn't even notice. <laughs> um, and as you, as you're well aware, John, I'm not a huge fan of his work or no. him as a person. Quite frankly, I think it all actually stemmed from a picture of him he put up that I actually sent you a, a few days ago, where he was he was be- he was dressed up in like the elite gimmick. He literally. Oh yeah. He, he's a man in his what? Late forties, and he's yeah, he's got he's, he's got to be nearly fifty, hasn't he? He's dressed like that. He looked like a fucking moron. He, but I think this is what stemmed it really. Cornet was saying, sort of like, bloody hell, you've sold your soul for these fucking tits. He, he, he basically he was like, oh, you've you've abandoned all your principles just to fucking get a, a, a fucking bit of a paycheck from these absolute tits, which is fair enough. <laughs> but then. Uh, Matt Matt didn't take it very well. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, and it's it's been going on for what two or three days now, I think, or or it's sort of crossed over the oh, night, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> he's piped up and he's saying, "I mean, I, I, I can't go through all of it, but I'll go through some of the highlights." He he, he initially sort of clapped back to 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 Jim Carnett, saying, "I haven't. I'm sticking to my principles and telling my truths." I feel obligated to do right by my friends, although that's probably foreign to you. I earn a paycheck because I'm great at what I do and still employable. You're not. (laughs) To which uh, Cornette's uh, co-host, Brian Last, piped back saying, uh, (laughs) with a sort of a quote tweet saying, ha ha, look at this guy, he thinks he's great at what he does. We've all been watching him. His promos suck. His in-ring work is shit. And the only thing that anyone has ever been interested in doing is tagging in his brother. Fucking fair play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Jeff was always the, the one who people wanted to see. Really. That was the same for me. <laughs> and then he said, uh, Jim telling the truth is seeding dis- dissension, in, uh, in inverted commas. And he said, how many concussions is too many? I mean, that guy <laughs> does get knocked out a lot. Yeah, it does. I, I mean, they fired back. I mean, I could I could go on forever, but he's saying, "Ah, oh, Hardy's. Like, I'm great at what I do. I'm great at pro wrestling. I'm great at promos. I'm great at giving back to young talent and all this." I, I mean, he's ever great at promos? Never. I mean, it's hilarious. I mean, you were sending me other pictures, and I think, and it's just like he's basically he's just piping back every time, saying, "I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so good at this. I'm so good at that." It's like you're just not, mate. You're just not, and you never really have been. I'm afraid. You've always he's always fancied himself as a main event guy, but he's just never ever been it, has he? Do you know what I mean? And I've always said yeah. that. We've always said that, haven't we? The most the, he, he's at his most popular when he's in the Hardy Brothers, and it, and Jeff yeah. was the opposite. I mean, I think I think I think Jeff was is probably his height when he was sort of going on that singles run in the sort of late 2010s or early early sort of late 2000s. 
Yeah, um, he was like punk punk for the IC belt, and he won and he won um won the actual heavyweight belt, didn't he? Yeah, well. I think that was his that was his sort of his pinnacle of his career, I would say. And, and Matt Hardy was just he 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 actually derailed it a little bit because I think they had a feud in the middle of it. And it was just like. All right, no one cares. <laughs> Matt Hardy's best or hottest singles thing was with Edge because he legitimately nicked his bird off him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was only because it was legit heat, wasn't it? Um, I just, I just think um, if if you just want to have ten minutes or twenty minutes of having a laugh, just go and look at this Twitter Twitter feed and Twitter thread because uh, it is genuinely hilarious. <laughs> And he he was calling like Cornet's fan base toxic, right? Yeah. If you look at all all the sort of comments from Cornet's lot underneath, they're not rude. They're not. Yeah. They're just saying, "No, you're wrestling shit." They're only slagging off his wrestling yeah. and the people's wrestling who he likes, right? Yeah. Matt Hardy's fans, one in particular, uh, uh, Tasha Blevin <laughs> at Hardy Fan Twenty Four, called Cornet and Brighton last uh, FAAGs. Mm. And uh, said, I bet that's why your last name is Cornet. Your mum used to suck cock. That probably had corn on it after pulling out of someone's ass. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like, fucking <laughs> hell, man. So you're not allowed. You're toxic if you if you slag off wrestling you don't like. But, you know, massive, massive homophobia is fine. Yeah, not yeah. toxic in the slightest. It's, it's fucking ridiculous. Matt Hardy's a bell piece, and he has been for a long fucking time. Um, there was a tweet by Brian Last saying you're a great enabler. He's like, because he's going on about all this great shit he is. Yeah. And he's like, no, you're a great enabler. It's like, I, I don't know why. Right. I, Jeff, Jeff shouldn't be brought into it. Jeff said nothing on this. Yeah. He's, Jeff, that's what, what Jeff's fair with you, though, isn't it? Yeah. What Jeff's done is well documented. He's a dick and he's a piece of shit for doing a lot of the stuff he did. I know he's got problems, but, you know, nobody's no getting one else him sorted. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when he had a DUI, and you know he could possibly like kill people. It's it's not cool, man. And the fact that it's because of the shit he does in the wrestling ring that he's addicted to all this stuff to stop the pain. Mm. It's like don't fucking hire the guy, man. Yeah, I bet you Matt's going. Come on, Jeff, just one last run. You know what I mean? Just like oh, you clinging. Just yeah, you can just tell he is. There's nothing without him, is he? That's what I mean. I just think he's a complete knobhead. I, I think he really showed his true colours when he was making up bollocks the other the few months ago with with the the punk stuff because he's obviously got yeah. a checkered pass with punk. So it's like, oh, I know which side I'm going to go, and then he just fucking refuted it like two days later. He was talking bollocks, so you know he's just a complete knobhead. I've just got no time got, for the guy. He's got a checkered pass with punk again because of Lita, because yeah. punk went out with Lita, and it's like. Right, she dumped you, mate. Just, just fucking move on. And then he he, he put something in a tweet saying, oh, I'm, "I'm I'm bored of all this. I'm going to go and climb on top of my hot ass wife." That's subjective. That <laughs> and she she's another lunatic as well. She just fucking goes <laughs> raving goes. lunatic, she's absolute sweating <laughs> Iggy lunatic pop. Iggy Pop. <laughs> oh dear, I mean that's it's just that was without a doubt. I don't think there's any debate. The most credulous activity on on all of wrestling this yeah. last week. <laughs> I don't think there's oh, he's, on that. <laughs> he definitely wins it. The others, the others were just a, a palate cleanser. <laughs> I think Meltzer was fucking came off all right this week, <laughs> which is which is saying Meltzer was the least credulous. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be doing something when you beat when you, when he's like normal. 
Oh, Matt Hardy, you're a wanker. Uh, yeah, <laughs> massive wanker. But enough of these kind of wankers. We're going back 26 years for some, you know, atrocities. <laughs> so when we left you at the end of 1996, the Giant had just seen his ass about not getting his title shot and yep. casually watched the Piper beat down, then refused to choke slam him. Then he proceeded to berate Hogan until he got the title shot, verbally, yep. obviously. And then he got filled in by the NWO and essentially excommunicated. So now we're going to 1997. See what's happened in a week. 6th of January, Civic Center, Monroe, Louisiana. Don't get off to the best start, do they? <laughs> no, it's it's not the way to start the year. Someone tell us what it was. <laughs> They'd start putting over the quote unquote undefeated superstar Glacier. Yeah. And they are still flogging this dead horse and they're starting the fucking year with this bell piece. We get <laughs> Glacier versus beautiful Bobby Eaton. Bobby's better than this. I felt sorry for him. It was it was a sad time, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. You can't wear it with the guy. I mean, he don't, this helmet, this eight, eight grand helmet or whatever it is, don't even wear it to the ring, takes it off on the fucking ring. <laughs> it's pointless. Waste of time. <laughs> There's a bunch he of doesn't even get an entrance, does he? Bless him. Poor, 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 Bobby, Bobby, no. He just sort of turns up after. It's, yeah. What, what are they doing? That guy is a guy that could probably go, you know, 10 to 15 and really get somebody over. If you're going to use him as enhancement, use him for fuck's yeah. sake. Put him in with like, Alex Wright or something like that, an up and cover yeah. or something like that. I don't know, something like that. It's only been, it's only like six, seven years since his fucking peak. People still mm. know who he is. People still know how good he is. I mean, mm. obviously, he's, he's older he's lost, and he's, he's slower. He's lost half a yard, hasn't he? But that's... He's lost half a yard. Can't get into the box as quick as he used to. Get, get <laughs> he's on not the end of things. <laughs> no. But, you know, there's, it's just shit kicks. It doesn't. It doesn't. All right, arm drag. Arm drag. What do you reckon to that one? Six point nine, mate. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't it's great. Not too bad for Glacier, is it? I mean, I suppose he's trying to wrestle at least. Yeah, it was a right mess of a match, though, wasn't it? I, yeah. I, I, I think there was a bit of needle in there, you know. I think he was. I think Bobby was fucked off. That yeah. you just can't work with a prick. I mean, yeah, Bobby, I if, was... if Bobby Eaton can't save it, he fucked. Because <laughs> they do that, they do the fucking repeat spot, don't they? Which is a yeah, because they botched the kick, didn't they? Yeah, botched the kick, goes for the pin, and then then Bobby's like, "What the fuck's going on here?" Like, 
it, it was a mess, wasn't it? It was no communication or anything like that. And he does the exact same spot again and gets the win. It, it was messy. I wanted to start off. You normally start off Nitro with an absolute belt of cruiserweight match or something like that just to get you pumped. And well, this is the thing with it moving, with Raw moving. So, mm. like the second hour cruiserweight, get yeah. you pumped. Mixed up now, aren't they? Q shadowed fighting nonsense there. A bit of that afterwards as well. You like that? <laughs> oh, love it. Love it. However, <laughs> then we get, we get an advert. WCW, what the big boys wear. I have two things to say. You can never have too much money or too many blue denim Monday Nitro shirts in your wardrobe. Get your Monday Nitro blue denim shirt for just $39.95. Nothing comes between me and Mongo for my Monday Nitro shirt. If you want to look dapper in denim, all you got to do is buy the shirt. Just call 1-800-WCW-8661 or write to the address on your screen. Of all the people to advertise your fucking product, don't pick Mongo and Roboto for fuck's sake. <laughs> That's going to make you switch off, isn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> $40 for a denim nitro shirt. No thanks. Not paying. Not, no thank you. <laughs> what the big boys wear. That sounds like an innuendo or something, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. And then we come back from that abysmal advert and then they're telling us that apparently we're getting regal page later i'm like fucking get in loving that yeah we don't but we'll get to that <laughs> we'll get to that so uh, larry and Sony recap the piper beat down from last week they want yeah. piper to lead wcw he's their guy they recap uh bubba turning on the dungeon then the first match against conehead and then the strap match against uh mr chinlock where uh bubba didn't show so now we yeah. actually get big bubba Versus Conehead with Jimmy Hart. And Bubba doesn't have the NWO music. He has... He's got his own tune. All right. He? It was all right. I quite like that. Yeah. Still like a QAnon fucker. <laughs> what was the point? Why didn't they just wait a week to do this instead of putting Wall Street in it last week? What was the point in that? I, I honestly don't know. But <laughs> Conehead has new music too. And it's, yeah. again, not shit. Big it's right, yeah. in it. It's not, it's not racist. Yeah. <laughs> no. And it's not fucking shitty dungeon ha 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 that one <laughs> but again it's it's a strap match we've seen three of these fuckers in quick succession do you know what I've come to realise you know we were talking about in the, the first week <laughs> in the first week we were like well, that's a good finish yeah. like that finish and it's happened three times in the last three shows we've watched the exact same finish so I'm thinking right okay I'll get this I'm seeing a pattern here <laughs> do you want to take us through this uh, classic I mean there's only so much you can do with these matches, I suppose, isn't there? I've just seen, I think I've seen enough strap matches for one lifetime, I think, in the last sort of month. <laughs> as you'd expect, Bubba starts to use a strap as a weapon early on, There's a bit of striking with it and sort of attempts at a choke. Conad taps back with his own version of it. Bubba, Bubba gets close with three corners at one point. Conad manages to stop that. I always think they all, they're very loose with the rules about how long you actually get to tap the fourth one do you know what I mean because like they sort of they use it to fit their narrative I think in, in this uh, in this style of match for me it was already going on too long at this point I think I think you need to keep these matches quite quite tight for me anyway Bubba you, there was some good stuff where Bubba tried to sort of tie Conad's hands together I quite like that I think that is a smart sort of use of the gimmick strategy yeah yeah uh, I think that's sort of one of the things you would actually do if you were in this sort of scenario 
Conad eventually breaks free of that. He rolls through the legs of Bubba and gives him a bit of a low, bow, low blow with the strap. He almost gets to the four corners after that. And then they just, use, as, as I've alluded to, they just use the exact same spot we've mentioned in that in the Starcade one we watched and the previous Nitro, where he basically just gets punched into the final corner and taps it. And he's the winner. I mean, it, 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 when I first saw that finish, I was impressed by it. I thought it was in, in, innovative, but it just isn't, is it? <laughs> no. It's just not. <laughs> but there was that bit where it's like Conrad at three. And then he drops yeah. him again, and then he hits the fourth. Surely that has to start again. That's what I was it's thinking. Do I mean, there's, sense, yeah. there's no, there's no rhyme or reason why that wouldn't reset. If he's, if he's sort of off his feet again, surely it's a restart. But I mean, WCW are known Probably for just not. sort of making it up as they go along, especially with like the over the top rule and stuff like that. But yeah, I think that's the ultimate strap match finish. I think we're just every time we see one, we'll see that. <laughs> Also, it was uh, it was billed as a Mexican strap match, not one fucker in it was Mexican. So yeah, what's well, why? Because <laughs> Conrad says he's a cholo or something from Mexico, doesn't he? Yeah, he's a Mexican heavyweight champion. Don't forget that. Triple A. <laughs> that's that's proper uh, Excalibur, that in it. <laughs> yeah, we get uh, two promos in quick succession. Hmm. Get Gene with old Taskmaster. Thank you very much, Tony. Yes, indeed. We had a great uh, 1997. We brought it in in fine style. Kevin Sullivan, I wanted to bring you in as this thing has manifested itself here in recent weeks between you and Chris Benoit and woman. What are you trying to do? Drive what? me crazy? I'm not tr- hey, everybody had a good year, huh? Well, I didn't have that good a year. I'm not trying to drive you crazy. I do have some videotape footage. I told I- you about seeing a videotape with Benoit and Nancy. I don't want to see any more of those tapes. That's personal. I would like to see you and Benoit or whoever in World Championship Wrestling get your collective acts together and attack the real enemy, the NWO. Well, let me tell you something. Me and Benoit getting our acts together, there's something that separates me and Benoit. Benoit, you think you've won this game of chess? You said to me, checkmate, Benoit, this match has just started. I've put you in position to get checkmated. By the way, Kevin Sullivan, if I can point out this this videotape that I have, this this footage, it's not of woman. Nancy, as you know her, and Benoit. It's of somebody else. What are you talking about? I think you know what I'm talking about, don't you? You better not be. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You care to pursue it? But apparently not. That's the answer. Tony and uh, Larry, you guys, if you can figure it out, a very, very complex situation involving the Taskmaster and others. Stay tuned. More Nitro coming up here on TNT. Don't go away. Just to start discussing Benoit and woman, obviously, he's not having any of it. He says he has a video. Don't want to see it. Don't want to see that. And then he starts, he cuts a sort of all right promo. It's not his best. He says, Benoit, you think you've won this game of chess? It's only just started. And then Gene, obviously, can't leave things. She keeps on about this tape, but it's not of Benoit or woman, but someone else. Sullivan seems shocked and walked off. Fuck knows. Fuck knows what's going on there. Have they got kids or something? Is it anything like that? Or no, no, no. So I, I don't know what that would be. Then I didn't. I didn't really I get that had, either. I think she only had one kid, and that was the uh, one with Benoit. <laughs> so. We'll talk about that. <laughs> no. 
I was thinking they might have a kid together, and it's one of the, But then I, I didn't really know the backstory, so I, I didn't really get that either. I don't know what they were referring to. We are back live here on WCW Monday Nitro, ladies and gentlemen. Please join me here as a nation, an entire world welcomes the Four Horsemen. Necessarily, just when I think I've got all the answers, they change all the questions. They're not here this week, Nate. You got an idea where they're at? Rick Flair. Me. profiling. You are the man. So I've got a question to ask you. 
Do you want a part-time horseman, as in Chris Benoit, who's not here tonight, or do you want a full-time horseman who can do it all night? I'm going to answer that question. Number one, pal, you're not a horseman. Number two, if you aspire to be a horseman, you're going to quit crybabying. You're going to quit being a victim. Horsemen aren't victims. Horsemen are perpetrators. You understand? Hey, hey, Gene, Rick, I know as well as anybody, you guys at Starcade, you and Benoit, that was classic horsemen. You two boys played me like a cheap violin. But you know it. I know it. Benoit knows it. You all gave me your best shot, and I still came out the winner. But I want to get back to my question, because, Arn, you played second fiddle your whole career to, yes, exactly, to Ole, to Tully, and to this man. So I didn't come to talk to the horse's rear. I came to talk to Whoa. the lead horse. Oh, oh, now, Rick, oh, that's oh, not oh, 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 oh. You do not upset Arn Anderson with talk like that. My goodness, I tell you. But then we get a sort of a live promo uh, with with Gene on the ramp announces the arrival of the horseman. You get a decent reaction as you sort of come to expect. Oh, yeah, not quite on the levels of Chrissy T. But, um, I'll get to my Chrissy T later. Uh, I think you might be surprised <laughs> what it is. Probably. <laughs> um, no sign of Benoit and woman, so they're not there. Everyone else is there. Anne, Flair, Mongo, Roboto, unfortunately. Anne says he wasn't there the week before because he wanted to get to the bottom of the, the Benoit and woman situation. Well, wouldn't you be at the arena if you were trying to get to the bottom of that? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> was it wasn't Anne's finest, was it? Not quite. I mean, he didn't have much to say, to be fair. Flair goes on one of his sexually driven promos again, just absolutely waffling. Yeah. He's, he, just... I mean, when, he, when he's shit, he's fucking shit. He is. He just is. I don't know if he's playing this gimmick where it's like, no, everything's fine. I just want a party. My head's in the sand. Yeah. Or he's just, all he does is what a just phoning it in. fucking kiss yeah. women's arms and stuff. He always does that thing, doesn't he? Woman, oh woman, won't you marry me? And all this. It's like, what are you on about, mate? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? He repeated a line as well. He said, uh, he did that bit where he said, oh, she's been married to the devil for 10 years, so she deserves a night with Benoit. I think she's had a fucking fair few nights with Benoit, to be fair. <laughs> Quite a few at this point. <laughs> <laughs> so and, we get, and, after that, Roboto gets on the stick and the boos are deafening. <laughs> yep, New Year, same robotic bullshit. <laughs> Still slagging off woman. Waffles on about you know how good Flair are and Mongo is and, and she's never missed a beauty pageant in her life. It gives a folk about this, honestly. I can't believe you actually listened to it. I mean, I, I just got the main points down, but she is probably the worst thing on the show. Oh, yeah. And she puts Jarrett over and he wanders out. Oh, dear Jarrett. <laughs> he asks Flair if he wants a part-time horseman or a full-time horseman who can go all night long. Arm butts in and says, you're not a horseman, mate. So yeah, he's got a long he way stop to crying. go. Yeah, stop crying, stop playing the victim. And then, uh, oh, Jeff Jarrett, silly bastard, says, Arn, you've always played second fiddle your whole career to Oli Tully and Flair. You don't want to talk to the horse's rear, but the lead horse. Uh, you don't be disrespecting the enforcer. No, and <laughs> you get he, he eats a he eats a big shot for that. Yep. <laughs> you don't you don't say you don't say bad things like that to Arn. I'm afraid. No, and then he sort of punches him sort of towards the ring down the aisle, batters him for a bit. Jarrett fights back, bit of back and forth, swinging neck breaker, and then uh, pins him with his foot on the ropes. There's a fucking ref in there. It's not even a match. 
<laughs> it was the most random thing ever. It was so proper impromptu, wasn't it? It was just like, what? Because <laughs> the bell rang at one point. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, least, it was it was bonkers. It was an absolutely bonkers segment. Yeah, not sure if I liked it, I'll be honest with you. Nah, it didn't work for me. Didn't work for me at all. I'm just thinking, what's the point? Like, why would why would a ref be just stood there, just ready to ring the bell? And why would he? Like, if you're if you're trying to push it as like a, a real thing, why would that be sanctioned? Like, it wouldn't be sanctioned, would it? Just randomly two no. blokes fighting. It's just, no. it, it just didn't make any sense. Not, they all oh. start arguing then in the ring, don't they? And then Flair Roboto's on the off. on the on the Roboto's on the side of Jarrett, isn't she? For some reason, yeah. I don't know why. Where that line has come from? She, she actually managed him in the WWF, funnily enough. Later on, oh, did she? Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's probably where it all started, then, I suppose. So, like, he does his jacket off bit, Flair, and starts like running the ropes, like he's and strutting, like he's. It's like a fucking peacock, like showing his feathers, isn't it? It's odd. And so, like you said, Roboto, Jarrett, and Mongo are on one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Roboto, Jarrett, and Mongo are on one side, but I don't think Mongo's like that convinced. And yeah. Arn and Flair on the other. Arn gets the the briefcase, don't use it. Jarrett and Flair just strut. It's just fucking off its head. This and then Arn <laughs> walks off. And Arn whips his top off. Going on. <laughs> it's the right mess. Grizz, grizzled bastard that is. <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking. Absolute train wreck of a segment, wasn't it? You just never knew where it was going to go. Entertaining in a way, but it just made no sense at all. <laughs> no, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't for me. This <laughs> then we get an NWO sold out t shirt ad mm. by the shirt, and then we, <laughs> by the shirt, and then we also get the NWO sold out pay per view ad. What, what is Looking it forward to that? <laughs> from the from the bastards in the NWO or something, wasn't that one of the? I thought the... it said the fuckers and he beeped it out. I don't, yeah, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so next up, we get what I thought was going to be a corker. We thought we were going to get Diamond Dallas Page versus old Billy Regal. Yeah, but smells like yoga plays, and there's no Page. No, he's having he's having crunch talks with Scott Hall. Apparently he's so. Got, uh, we'll find out in a agree, minute. Yeah, he's trying to agree personal terms. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> fifty-five million pound move from Chelsea. Fucking <laughs> waste of money. So Regal's music plays. It's lovely, lovely to see him as always. He's got new yeah. music as well. Yeah, it was more and... to, to coin it. It was more Regal, wasn't it? It was. It certainly was. <laughs> but then, fucking Jim Duggan's tune plays. Big old pop. <laughs> yeah, big old pop, but not from me. No. No, definitely not. It wasn't Tarrant, though. I mean, it wasn't far off, no. but it, it was uh, it was a decent pop for him. But then again, that's just because he's he gets, American and Regal's English, isn't it? He gets full pyro gimmick as well. It's baffling. So we get Stephen Regal versus Jim Duggan for the TV title. Bit, bit of a clash of styles here. Just a bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> so, I was thinking, going from DDP to Duggan is probably one of the most it's one of the biggest downgrades you, you're going to get, maybe, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Not far off. <laughs> um, so six Nash and Bischoff rock up randomly. Yeah. Nash still got his bandana on, for fuck's sake. But the the, the hoodie's pretty sweet. I like that. Yeah, the hoodie is nice. <laughs> Won't lie. They take over the, uh, the announce table again to hopefully explain DDP's absence. Bischoff announces that DDP has jumped ship to the NWO. And he's out having dinner with Scott Hall, working out the uh, finer points of the contract. <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm not sure if I can, I'm buying into that just yet. I don't think... Uh... No, I'm not. 
Meanwhile, Duggan is uh, making trouble for Regal with some clotheslines. Ooh. <laughs> Bischoff also announces that the first ever Miss NWO will be crowned at sold out. Waltman Polaroids says no are o- <laughs> Yeah, Polaroids are okay with Big Kev, apparently. <laughs> Waltman says no fat chicks or heinous broads. Just uh, Waltman had the US belt as well, didn't he? That he nicked off Eddie. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, that'll come into play later as well. Yeah. Yeah. Bischoff says Duggan's as thick as a house. And then Nash translates for the people from Louisiana and says Duggan's, Duggan's as thick as a double wide trailer. <laughs> Loves a double wide. <laughs> Nash does. He's always going on about him. Hello. <laughs> so then Bischoff starts wittering on saying that all oh, the WCW member. guys. Did he say he was, they've signed a new member as well? They'll get details soon. Oh, I didn't catch that bit, but yeah. he tell he says all oh, the WCW guys have had the chance and blew it. They can no longer, you know, go to NWO except for Savage, Muta, Conad, Kurt Hennig, Rick Rude, Brian Adams, Dusty Rhodes, Scott Stein. <laughs> <laughs> you know, all them lot along the line. <laughs> Is that a spoiler there? Any chance? I'm I'm saying nothing. <laughs> but then he goes on to tell Savage to stop calling him because it's over and get a job somewhere else. <laughs> he's so got a five match man. He's got to be next if they're bringing him up. <laughs> same fuck all. Same fuck all. They wouldn't have brought him up otherwise. He's definitely going to be next, isn't he? So after the, the, the chatter, what did you actually think to this match? Bag of shit, really, wasn't it? Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, Regal tried was... his best, but there's, no, just, there's nothing to work with. Absolutely, <laughs> he might as well be working with a tent in this one. <laughs> He'd probably get more. He stands on, du- <laughs> yeah, he stands on Duggan's head. Don't sell it. Yeah, he's of that. Just, he's of that Hogan yeah. era anyway. It's just like, let me get my stuff in. Let me do. Let me give me Quincy baby face. Yeah, I mean Regal only only eventually got a bit of control in in the last sort of two or three minutes. It was just Duggan running around doing a bunch of shitty clotheslines and rubbish punches. <laughs> Um, just like he's working with a fucking bollard, isn't he? <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> just, yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> uh, they eventually clash heads. Duggan goes for his taped bollocks. The ref's looking right at it. I mean, this is meant to be an yeah. illegal move. Yeah, And he, he rings the bell, and I thought he was ringing it for a DQ. I was like, oh, fair enough. But he wasn't. It was just because it was a time limit draw. Yeah, 90 seconds <laughs> early. <laughs> so it's like... There's just no consistency. <laughs> it's just not. There's no consistency to the matches whatsoever. Oh, and then Duggan, for some, a... out of nowhere, grabs a WCW flag from the crowd. That must have been a plant, yeah. you know, conveniently in the front row. <laughs> it's like that must have been someone from backstage or something. This is like where the fuck's he got that from, and why would a normal person have that? <laughs> just an absolute waste of Regal, wasn't it? DDP Regal would have been pretty decent, I think. Might have been good. Yeah, uh, wasn't wasn't for me. No, didn't enjoy it whatsoever. I mean, it, it was a pretty poor match, though, wasn't it? Apart from the odd few bits. Yeah, the first hour was absolute fucking turd, mate. <laughs> but we finished that first hour with another classic: Hugh Morris versus Jim Powers with Teddy Long. Teddy Long's uh, face was inflated as fuck, wasn't it? I know, like a fucking balloon. Apologies about that. Some revving cunt outside. <laughs> So, like, Jim Powers is the 90s Daniel Garcia every yeah. fucking week. Every fucking week. He's got. He's definitely got Eric Bischoff's nudes or something, hasn't he? He definitely has Eric Bischoff fucks goats and he's got the pictures, <laughs> yeah. But Hugh Morris, 
Yeah, Hugh Morris, Mark's favourite, gets um, <laughs> gets new music, which is essentially the soundtrack to a porno. <laughs> He's the fucking shit, is that? I mean, that, I mean, there's some absolute stinkers on this show, and him and Duggan right after each other. That is just like a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> nightmare uh, inducing. <laughs> It's like it's like shooting yourself, shooting yourself in the leg, and then shooting yourself in the fucking arm just straight after it, just just because you can. <laughs> just because, yeah. Uh, thoughts on this one? Powers gets a bit in. Yeah. It's less than two minutes. Uh, he gets caught in a slam and gets hit with a fat boy moonsault for free. Not great. <laughs> Not great at all. <laughs> what is it with Powers? Why why is he just constantly on the show? I just don't get it. He never wins. From what I can gather, he's like a power plant guy. And he's like getting his experience. They got a homegrown quarter. They got. They got. They've got a yeah. homegrown quarter in the squad. <laughs> yeah, they're looking. They're looking for a guy. So they paid hundred million for Jim Powers from Villa. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> the second hour, you know, it ramped up a bit though, didn't it? Let's be honest. Um, yeah, and you're getting it bang on weekly now, so I'm yeah. quite happy. They start with a bit of a recap. What's gone on with the Horsemen earlier in the night? Could have done without seeing that, to be fair. But I get why they've done it. Yeah, um, it was a big, the big part of that hour, I would say. All three of them are saying that it's like all about women getting involved in in horseman business. I mean, I thought Laurie had gone. <laughs> like, it was proper like, misogynistic, and I think, fuck's sake, <laughs> this is the the uh, the late nineties. <laughs> I mean, things have changed a bit since then. We we start the match the match content of the second hour with with something that was I thought it was quite good. I mean, not a classic or anything like that, but I thought it was pretty good with Psychosis and Rey Mysterio. Never tire of seeing Rey Mysterio. We are starting to see the same sort of recycled matches up though with with yeah. the Cruiserweights. I would say um, we've yeah. seen this a few times now. But in fairness, I just love, I just love watching Rey Mysterio. I don't I don't think I've ever been as high as I am right now on Rey Mysterio. Just love watching the guy. Gets bigger pops at UFC than UFC fighters. <laughs> that was quite that was quite good to see. Although they did spell his name wrong. <laughs> Ray R A Y. <laughs> Raymond Mysterio. That's <laughs> Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I say, we we started to see little bit of these matches coming up quite on the more frequent basis but i still think this was an all right match apart from a very early ugly looking bot springboard uh springboard sort of dive by psychosis other than that it was i I didn't mind it um i thought that was a bit nasty i thought when i saw that i thought oh god here we go this is going to be another fucking hoovy type job here yeah the shocker did old brian may Something that we mentioned the other week uh, was Ultimo Dragon was defending the J Crown to Thunderlight, uh, Thunderliger at the uh, December show it was for New Japan. He lost the J Crown, so now he's just the WCW Cruiserweight Champion. The, the comms team were the biggest jokers in this match. So they were just talking all over each other. Like, they couldn't get a word in. They were like, like yeah. it was like an early podcast between me and you. <laughs> 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 they were just fucking, right, you go on. No, no, you, no, you, Mike. <laughs> That was a bit awkward, but like I said, after after an early sloppy spell, I thought it was quite good in in the later stages of it. I think they're a bit too similar in styles for this match to work. 
I think yeah. I think Ray works better with a more technical guy, and and Psychosis probably works better with a more technical guy. But Ray Mysterio is just amazing. His quickness is just like even even now at the, the age of forty odd or whatever he is, he's still quick as fuck. But back then he was an abs- He was like it's like sticking Dan electric. James on the wing, like yeah, fucking <laughs> electric pay. It's like ninety three gigs. Yeah, he just fucking he just quickens it, and you just get excited when he starts that starts to move, and it's like it's exciting stuff. Like it hits a really amazing like inside to out springboard sort of plancher or whatever it is, or a, or a sent on. Uh, I think Mike, I think Iron Mike called it a plancher. Moscato, um, <laughs> one of them it might have been. Even when he's doing the most like high risk of moves, like he he very rarely makes a mistake. Like he's no, under. he's he's consummate, isn't he? He's just like the ultimate. Like, I I, I generally now, having watched him for like however many years, I've watched him in his more his, his more recent stuff, and and this, I generally think he's in my sort of top ten workers of all time. I absolutely love the guy. Can't get enough. You can't of him. argue with that. You can't argue with that at all. I mean, I think I, I sent you a clip tonight of Brett, and he was saying he was speaking so glowingly of Rey Mysterio, and he's yeah. saying that he wished he could have had just one match for him. And you, and when you think about it, how good would that match have been? The thing is, he probably could have. Brett was in at the same time in WCW. Yeah, just obviously, just never crossed paths. Unfortunately, what did you reckon to this one? Because it doesn't sound like you're as you were as keen on it. I thought it had a great pace. Yeah, but that, that bump from it was it was ugly, wasn't it? But at first, like he hit Tossy's right out of the ring, and Ray takes pretty nasty bump to the floor. And he completely botches that, and he fucking lands on his head on the apron. It was like fucking hell, but he somehow is fine, and <laughs> it's a nice drop kick. Yeah, Brad I think he Brian recovered get... quite well from it. Yeah, oh god, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, if it had been a bigger blow, I think it would have crushed him, but mm. it wouldn't have been doing that shit in the first place. I guess Brian does get some heat, but he negates it. By doing like a spinning wheel kick off the top rope, and everyone pops because it's a fucking off the top rope. Which is why when you get a heel, someone who's yeah. heel doing all this kind of shit, it kind of don't work. Then fucking Billy Bocho, as I'm going to call him now, loses his balance on the top and gets down and goes for it again and eats the fucking rail. And he was just <laughs> he was having a shocker. <laughs> I mean, he was trying to almost upstage Ray, and it just just did not work. It did not work. That. Um, it's a lot of quick twos, which which mm, like victory roll, guillotine, leg drop, power bomb, sunset flip, and it's like you expect Ray to kick out because he's like fucking Mighty Mouse, isn't he? He's like like the tiny little superhero. Yeah, yeah, but sometimes the punishment he takes is a bit too much for a believable kick out. Sometimes I think. Mm, I see what you mean. I can see where you're coming from. Um, and then he gets a, he's a classic springboard runner for three. That was the best. I think that was one of the best finish. ones he's ever done. Just in yeah. terms of fluidity, it was perfect. There was a few messy bits, but I just thought I just thought after watching the absolute horse shit first hour, I thought this was nice. This was just a nice TV match that, that got me back into Pilot the show. Cleanser. Yeah, I think that was definitely the uh, the word I would use, uh, the phrase I would use. Sorry, um, I didn't mind it at all. Uh, I thought there was a bit too many false finishes and a, a lack of selling in a six minute match. The problem with Lucha is for me. You've only got like six, seven minutes. You sort of Four don't like telling a story. It's just like get you get your shit in, and Brian Cage. Yeah, but then you've also got that 
David Goliath story always with rates, always that you can't, that's always going to be there. Yeah. And I just thought fucking psychosis was sloppy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely, he was trying too hard, I think, wasn't he? Yeah. But I think I think Ray still stood out, and I've, I just love watching Ray, so I, was, I, I still enjoyed that element of it. After after that, we got um, the Taskmaster Kevin Sullivan coming down against Chavo Chavo Guerrero. I haven't seen him for a little while. He almost wish he hadn't seen him because he got absolutely he got a bit bummed really, didn't he? In this one, <laughs> um, this annoyed me this match. Yeah, no need for it. No, surely there's some fucker in the back, like Joe Gomez or something, that they could have fucking... Fucking put Jim squash. Powers in there. Fucking hell, exactly. he's on every week. Charvo's a fucking talent, and he's shown glimpses, hasn't he? Last two, last two times we've seen him, though, after he had a nice little match with DDP, he's been yeah. absolutely buried. And it's it's, yeah. it's a little bit... You could, why don't you stick him in there with Ray, or not? Or anyone just in the Cruiserweight division? Why does he have to be in this? Yeah. So Sullivan starts it hot. As he tends to do, really. He hasn't even took his robe off yet. I know. <laughs> he gets uh, eventually. He sort of Jimmy Hart take helping him take his robe off. Gives Chavo a little bit of an opening. He hits a missile drop kick. That's about as as good as it gets for him. Um, I thought you'd pop for that because it knocked Hart over as well. <laughs> I did a little bit, but then I was just like, I was thinking, all right, that's that's about as good as it's going to get for him. Unfortunately, they mentioned that it's going to be Sullivan and Benoit at Clash of the Champions, which we fucking called. We called that. We're not going to say yeah, that. Yeah, it's fucking... It's fucking why it's we up that. <laughs> fucking clash their champions, bastards. <laughs> Sullivan continues... To, he throws Chavo outside, works him, throws him back in. It's the deadly tree of woe, followed by Full. the devastating double stomp. Where's about, where's about three fucking stone? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was a complete waste of Chavo, especially after the DDP stuff where, you know, there was a bit of, bit of momentum with him and you could yeah. have done something with him. It's just... Nothing's happened since, has it? No, uh, it's a shame. But after the break, they recap the Piper beatdown and all the fucking gibberish he's talking as he's stretching out. They're like, what the fuck we've got, it, we've got, we've got exclusive footage, and we'll try and figure out what he said. He's just waffling. Like, what is the point? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's like, ah! <laughs> after after that waffling load of nonsense, he's back. He's back. Are you ready, Mark? Go on. Here he is, the Earl of EDM, the Kaiser of Krautrock, the Baron of the Bear Keller, the Overlord of Oktoberfest, the heir to Hasselhoff, the Duke of Dusseldorf, the Hamburg Hustler, the Mayor of Munch and Gladbach, Commonsy Bitter Unlistened to Craftwork, Fennec Virad, Hudson Younger, the Bratverse Kid, Das Wunderkind, German Techno Twat, Alex Wright. <laughs> few more added to the uh, to the list there <laughs> versus Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> oh, it was nice to see a bit of GTT, wasn't it? As we, as we like to call him. <laughs> I've still got. I, that's what I write in my notes now. I don't even write right. I, I put that GTT. GTT. Can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> Same with uh, French Canadians. AFC, they are now. <laughs> AFC, AFC Wimbledon, yeah. <laughs> so Eddie comes out as well. Obviously, Alex Wright comes out to his thumping techno. It's great to see. It. <laughs> uh, Eddie. Uh... Also, can I just bring him about music? I just wanted to bring a point up. There's a lot of musical changes tonight. Ray yeah. still got the fucking same ominous fucking heel music. 
<laughs> yeah, of all of the ones they all they definitely needed to change the thought. Yeah, that's that's that still fits. <laughs> uh, the proper like feel good baby face is still sounding like fucking evil dynamite heel or whatever. So Eddie's come down. He's obviously not got the the US belt that Waltman nicked off him. He's obviously not happy about that. They have a little handshake at the beginning, which I enjoyed. That's two baby faces in a cold match, so it should just be like a nice in-ring job. But the mullet is flowing tonight. Flowing. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Splendiferous. <laughs> Again, like like the the uh the Mysterio match, it's 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 always a joy to watch a bit of Eddie Guerrero in it. hundred um, percent. I think Alex Wright was was all right in this one again. You know, he, yeah. he never really lets you down. He'll always have an all right match with you. Did you mention that um, it's Eddie versus six in a ladder match uh, uh, sold out, which, yeah, which kind of right. makes sense because it's all about getting possession of the belt, right? Yeah. this is That's that's like how the Michaels, Razor Ramon thing started. You know, yeah. uh, Michaels was suspended or something. He had a belt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it makes sense that way. It could be um, a good match, that. It could be. I can safely say it's probably going to be the best match on that pay per view. <laughs> yeah, from what we, what we've what's been announced already, that I would think so, especially the main event. <laughs> yeah. um, but we'll get to that later. I like that. I don't know why. I, I mean, I've seen it hundreds of times before. But I, I like I like the head scissors takedown by Alex Wright. I think he does them quite nicely. Um, I think they both do. They both did the uh, head scissors and a couple of drop kicks. It was like lovely. Yeah. Nice, uh, lovely. I think I think uh, GTT's got the uh, that that spring and that that tall frame where a drop kick looks really good, doesn't it? If you hit it bang on, like um, a car does. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I mean it is a is a the, like almost no. top tier, but you know <laughs> it's nowhere near a car does. But it's <laughs> no. like a car, he's t- he's like six foot odd and quite lean, isn't he? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I don't think there's many better drop kicks in wrestling history than a car does, but Brad Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah, not far off. But yeah, I mean, I thought it was a nice little TV match. Me too. Really I think did. I think German Techno Twat is uh, is definitely one of the ones they should have been putting more t- more weight behind. Yeah, uh, and what I liked as well, Jim Powers. <laughs> oh God, yeah. What I liked as well, there was a bit where you saw his face, GTT, and you can see like he's visibly learning yeah. as he's going along, like, learning he's on the job. Type thing, yeah. Student of the game works for the guy that draws the money, you know. <laughs> nice, good snap, good snap, that kind of thing. Good headsets. Um, <laughs> he was in class, and then and then old Waltman comes out with a ladder, set, sets up a ladder at the entrance with a US belt around his waist, which I thought was quite good because he didn't interfere. But Eddie clearly sees it. He was that Eddie in the back off. of his head type thing, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the Dino with the mask and stuff. And then he he nearly gets caught with a roll up. It was, it was, I thought it was a nice little heat, heat spot by order. Make some noise! <laughs> That's the best thing he's done since he's turned up. <laughs> yeah. So, Eddie, you can, Eddie's visibly distracted after that. And GTT, Make some noise! <laughs> that pops me, that. <laughs> so, like I said, Eddie's, Eddie's visibly distracted. And GTT <laughs> starts going on the offence then. He gets a lovely fisherman. Yeah. He goes for the win, but just can't put him away because obviously, you know, Eddie's too good. Belly to belly by GTT, but misses the charge, and Eddie hits a lovely T-bone suplex. He gets better every time you watch him, doesn't he, uh, Alex, right? Yeah, he does. 
It's a lovely northern light suplex with a bridge. Fucking special. Really nice. But inexperienced shows gets caught up top for a superplex. Eddie hits the froggy for three. I thought it was a really nice TV match. I thought old GTT hung with him. But experience wins out. Nice mm-hmm. interference spot by a Waltman. And then uh, Eddie chases him. Probably the best segment on the show. Hundred oh, percent, the best segment on the show. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it was it was pretty good. After that, then we get a couple of a couple of favourites, uh, people we do enjoy watching. Uh, the AFC, the amazing French Canadians, giving it the belting out of the national anthem as they usually do. Um, it's classic. It's funny. <laughs> it is funny. Uh, this, I don't hate that this feud keep keeps carrying on. No, I like it. I don't mind watching it. The only thing, the only thing I don't want it to be to become is just the managers. I want it to be more about the the teams. I think. I think that's what that's why I was hoping going forward. It's not just going to be Sherry versus Parker. Do you know what I mean? But um, should be decent, um, as it sort of tends to be. Um, you know, so like like I said, I just I just hope it's more about the in ring going forward. If they're going to have a blow off, I don't want it to be. It needs to be a definitive finish for the for the blow off. I think you can't. Have, yeah. Sort of managers being big part of it. Uh, jump start by both teams. There's a bit of a bit of history there in this, so that you know there's there's aggression involved. Harlem weren't fucking about to start with. They were, they started it off hot. A couple of suplex. They enjoyed that. <laughs> I do enjoy watching them too. Just go at you know just Booker and uh, and Stevie just Stevie. having it. Yeah, it's just class. Get a little spinneroonie in there. You know before the before the spinneroonie. Um, followed up with a with a Harlem sidekick. Parker distracts then, doesn't he? Allowing a old car win it in, yeah. and uh, Parker puts the boots on the outside. That the, the AFC, uh, they are impressive as a tag team. They get it. They just get it as a tag team, don't they? Yeah. Double oh, team yeah. isolation psychology. Yeah. They've got it down to a T. Then um, heat magnets, love it. Yeah, good tag team. I mean, I can't believe I've never <laughs> heard of them before. Well. Jack Jack Rougeau, the one that's not Carl Willett, was obviously in the fabulous Rougeau brothers in the WWF with his brother mm. Raymond, and he's the one who uh, knocked out Dynamite Kid's teeth. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember you saying that. With yeah, the roll, with the roll of quarters, he's, yeah. he's a proper cunt, Jack Rougeau, but yeah. you know, knows his shit. <laughs> Double stun gun, lovely. Yep, absolute stunning pile driver to book. That was that was a beauty. Sit down, power. It was gorgeous. That it was no, really there's no, there was no fucking air between the head either. It was no, just no, no. On. spot on. And then he just puts him straight in a Boston crab as Willet leg drops off the top. What a fucking little spot that was. I love watching. But, them. I love watching them. To be fair, do you really remind me of just just in the way they come up with these mad moves? A bit, bit DDP like the tag team DDP. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of innovation. Yeah, I like it. But it's not like mental innovation. It's like it all makes sense and works. It's it's moves that fit together naturally when you actually think about it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If you're in a Boston Crab and someone's dropping the leg, his face is going to get smashed in the mat. It's great. Yeah. Booker ducks the flag attack and uh, Willett clocks Jack by accident. Yeah. Sidekick by Booker and a, a heat bomb for three. Is that a new move? I don't think we've seen that before. I haven't seen it before, but they call it a heat bomb. So, so it must be known, I suppose. <laughs> but we normally be. get the, the Harlem hangover, don't we? That's normally the finish, but that must be a new one they've added must to be, the repertoire. The pile driver was a slight issue in terms of like, they didn't cover him, obviously. They put him in the Boston Crab leg drop thing, but then he was sort of up at, you know, a couple of minutes later. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought it was a solid 
solid TV match. I just enjoy watching these two teams go at it. And you f- you'd think it's going to continue, you know, the next yeah maybe go through to the next couple of well maybe next pay per view. I'm not sure. Or... Yeah, I don't think it's going to be sold out because it's all NWO versus WCW. Isn't it? Oh yeah, maybe yeah. maybe the one after that, which I think is Spring Stampede, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Okay. It's definitely better than watching Harlem versus fucking the Nasty Boys or Public Enemy or whatever. That's it. I mean, if you look at their tag, tag division, it's not that bad. If you get rid of the nasties and pubic enema, you yeah. know, Steiners, when they're on song, quality, Harlem and Mint, Mengen Barb, AFC. Outsiders. You know, outsiders. You know, you can have decent matches with any sort of variation of that, really. Yeah, just don't put public enemy on the show, please. No, they can get, they can get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Meng, though, he was in action next. <laughs> yeah, this is fucking weird. Yeah. It's not quite the level of opponent that Lex Luger normally faces, is it? So it's Meng versus Luger. No. Another big reaction for Luger. Again, not quite the Tarrant, though. But we will, again, as I say, we'll get to that. It was a bit more adversity for for Luger in this one. I think Meng was quite dominant to begin with. But it feels like it's, again, it just feels like a spot that he didn't really need to use Meng in there. Do you know what I mean? No, that's exactly what I put. I mean... He's he's obviously a tag wrestler in his current incarnation. I think he works best like that. If you're not going to have a competitive match with him, it makes him look weak. Mm. And you've just spent you know I mean? two or three months building him as like an absolute badass as well. That's the only exactly. Exactly. That's the only the only issue I had with it. I mean, he got a bit of, a bit of domination in early, but it it didn't last too long, did it? A couple of like no. some strong stuff, a nice shoulder breaker, and a pile driver for two. Which was for two pointless. Yeah, yeah. I mean, two really high, imp- really high impact moves that didn't. Yeah. I mean, it's made him look a bit shit, really, didn't it? Luger gets obviously fired up as he does, flying forearm, backdrop, power slam. He gets a two. Crowd's popping like hell for Luger. To be fair, it's like they're just there to see him get get racked, aren't they? Has him up in the rack. Ref catches a sort of flailing leg from from Meng. Um, it was shit that he just walked into his legs. It was. Dog shit. It looked fake as fuck, didn't it? I mean, it, it was yeah. fake as fuck, but the ref's down. Barbarian gets down. He gets a bit of a rack in as well. And then the ref gets back up and he just rings the bell because he thinks it's Meng. Bit racist. Um... Yep. Well, <laughs> um... look, fuck all like each other. That's <laughs> all. Meng's got a fucking mullet. Barb, he's got short hair. <laughs> so bit of a shit one. No need for it really, was there? Just made look it made Meng and Barb look a bit look a bit like geeks, didn't it? They were just a yeah. bit goofy. You got two of your top like one of your top tag teams just looking like knobheads. Yeah. It was a bit it's it silly really. There was there's countless people they could have just fed to Luger if that's the game if that's the goal. Yeah. Renegade, just, Joe Gomez, fucking anyone, yeah. The, the, the Lou Diamond Phillips crew, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> remember that remember that um that that's faction they put together for a week they put like a little video Alex package Wright. together <laughs> yeah. that didn't last long at all did it <laughs> no and he looked fucking ridiculous because all three of them looked like they were like brothers in a boy band and then you just got <laughs> alex Wright in his leather his jacket green trunks or whatever <laughs> yeah but all that was irrelevant because here's the nwo <laughs> for the main event spot as usual <laughs> the Monty, every fucking one of them lines the ramp with DiBiase conducting, apart from Scott Hall, obviously. Yeah. Liz comes out with Bischoff, looks like a hostage. Creepy as like fuck, wasn't it? 
creepy yeah. official arm like clutched around it. It's like, oh. <laughs> Nash looks levered. It looks like he's had a fucking several beers, several cocktails. Yeah. And some and some somers, maybe, something like that. <laughs> Hogan gets the uh, the bow down thing from Vincent and Nick Patrick. That shit. That's big shots, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Even the snide stings there. Oh, why is he there? He's a fucking cretin. Him. He really. Is. It was for it, it was for it was for one angle to get like sting away from everybody and into his loner thing. Mm. But yeah, he's done with that now. Gone. Just get rid of him. <laughs> And then we get the little promo, don't we? Look at that! Look at that man! Is he too much or what? Yeah. Hoster, my man! Hoster, my man! Or should I say Hollywood? Last week, man, you were too much. You beat Piper twice in one week. Starcade, you stuck him like a tack. That's unbelievable. <laughs> and on Monday Nitro, single-handedly, you laid into waste. But, Hulkster, let me tell you what. I never thought I'd see anything like you taking on the Giant single-handedly. What was that like, man? Well, you know, Mr. Bischoff, buddy friend indeed, I had a little talk the other day with the Outsiders when we were laying out on Venice Beach, California. And whether it's one of the Outsiders or the other outsider, or Hollywood by himself. We figured if we weren't worried about our fans, weren't worried about entertaining all the NWOites, that either one of the outsiders or Hulk Hogan could single-handedly have an NWO invitational battle royal and destroy the whole WCW. In other words, Mr. Bischoff, it was really easy and it was a lot of fun to punk that Piper and then to take down that no-good, stinky giant. Well, man, I know you dug taking him out, but the way you did it, I mean, you hit him with a right hook, then a left uppercut, and then a forearm, and he went down like a sack of uh, mud. But, but Hollywood, did you hear him? Did you hear him when he said, I mean, he was a 500-pound man that said, please, Hollywood, don't hurt me anymore. I never thought I'd see the day. Well, you know, the begging. Standard Piper bullshit. He beat him twice in a week. Apparently, he also beat the Giants single-handedly. Yeah. Hogan talks about the outsiders. Can't even name him. He calls <laughs> him one outsider or the other outsider. <laughs> that just sums him up, doesn't it? It's it's literally the, the two guys you started the fucking thing with, man. <laughs> He's forgetting because there's so the many people fuck? now. <laughs> He's a shocking promo. He really is. I'm sorry. He just He's, is. He's back to his fucking sticky default setting, though, isn't he? And it's... Yeah. You can't. You can't stay away from it. It's like his safety net, isn't it? It's like this is this is what I've used for ten plus years or whatever. I'm going to go back to it if I haven't got anything else good to say. And they're just waffling on, aren't they? Saying, oh, the, the giant was begging me to stop punching him. And it's like, we watched it last week, mate. That didn't happen. <laughs> but they're always on about, oh, they nicked the tape, aren't they? He's nicked the footage and all this. And it's like, and and they generally probably did. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it'd be good. Like a chicken shit heel, delusional heel thing. And he was doing it all right for a couple of weeks. Yeah. But when he just switches back to default, it's like, oh, this would be good if it weren't all good. It's going to be good yeah, if it was like, somebody else. It. Yeah, yeah, he's he's terrible. But eventually, the giants heard enough. 
he's coming down. He, he he means business. To be fair to him, he does look he does look menacing. Made no secret, I'm not the biggest fan, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he did show a lot of intensity, which I quite enjoyed. He gets in the ring. They're all sort of cowering away in the corners and, and dropping out of the ring one by one. Nash starts the attack. He gets quickly beaten, you know, thrown out. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't last long. <laughs> and then uh, he sort of takes everyone on, you know, one by one. And then <laughs> for, for me, the tarrant pop of the night was Nick Patrick getting tossed out of the ring. Because <laughs> it was the fucking tarrant pop for me. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> the crowd absolutely loved it. <laughs> that was the best thing the giant slash big show has ever done, I think. <laughs> but he went he went through them like what makes me laugh is it's like usually they all swarm and then they were just feeding him, weren't they? It was they? Just one just, by it was one, like, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It was like Nash, Bubba, Norton, Six, Bagwell, Shit Sting, Chinlock, fucking everybody. Uh, he's what, an what? idea, lads, just j- join up together and do it. <laughs> yeah. Might work. He's supposed to be a unit. When he come down though, all I was all I was expecting was well and I was like, oh, a bit disappointed. <laughs> it's the big giant. <laughs> it's the big young. He's only he's, he's a bit he's a bit speedier then. He was like, yeah, he was. Get, get, get in, like, he was in good nick, wasn't he? Fucking hell, what happened? <laughs> yeah, he likes it. He likes a cheeseburger or twelve, <laughs> didn't he? So he's only got Hogan and Bischoff left, hmm. and uh, all the NWO are just all around the ring, leaving it. Just <laughs> like. Weird. Get back in, lads. <laughs> no. So he, he sort of grips Hogan in like a, some sort of wrist lock thing. Hogan ends up escaping, comes back with a chair. Hogan never gets just... his comeuppance at any point, does he? Never, ever gets no. any comeuppance. Original Stephanie McMahon, isn't he? Yeah. It's like, let the giant have like five, ten seconds where he's sort of wailing on you, and then, then they can come back in for the save. And well, it that's what we said about Piper. Meaningful. Yeah. It just never lets and, it happen, does it? No, because it doesn't work for him, brother. Uh, nail him with a steel chair at that point, don't they? And have you seen have you ever seen those infamous chair shots by uh, like Hogan in like the sort of later days of ECW where he's literally just like just tapping it on the head? They weren't quite like that, but didn't quite have the intensity. <laughs> no, but you don't want to get lamped by a steel chair in a napper, do you? Not I really, don't know. but you could so make it look a bit better. Twice. Yeah, oh, definitely. They've hit him twice. They've clocked him about five times to the back. They lift him up and let fucking Bischoff do his fucking best Glacier impression. What a woeful kick that was. And he slags off fucking Michaels. And I'm no <laughs> fucking Michaels fan. <laughs> well, Bischoff's a fucking moron, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. So they all leave the ring. They think Eric Bischoff's uh, Glacier kick has knocked out the giant. Pretty sure it's the chairs. But. They all go to the comms booth as per. Heenan's class just dives over the desk. Love that. <laughs> they don't even like announce it anymore. It's just right. See ya. <laughs> yeah. Sting rocks up and they act like the real Sting. He rocks yeah. up and they act like he's there to finish the giant off. He yeah. whispers in the giant's ear again, points his bat at the NWO and leaves the ring. Intrigue. Love it. Mm. NWO convinced Vince to go and get the bat. Apprehensive. Checks the Giants knocked out, grabs the bat, prods him. Giant grips the bat, choke slams him. Absolute fucking monster choke. There's a beauty of a choke slam, to be fair, <laughs> wasn't superb. it? Superb. <laughs> NWO storm down, but it's a giant with a bat. What yeah. are you going to do? Defiant as fuck, wasn't he, in the middle? But sadly, the old Giant hasn't properly switched baby face because instead of his crowning moment, they just get we want sting chance. 
I'm, I'm the same to be fair. I want to see a bit more of Sting. Those all those those little sprinklings of of the Sting stuff makes these segments sort of worthwhile because there's so much shite in them. <laughs> but there's there's always that that little touch of of Sting there. You think fucking hell, what's what's his motivations and all that? And never been more over with me. And he don't <laughs> do for call. I know that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> but it's so it's, it's so just... intriguing. It's so intriguing. yeah, of course it is, yeah. and it keeps you. Tuning in, yeah, Does. and it's never it's never too much, but it's, it, there's always an, a development of it, isn't there? There's like, and and it's not got old for me yet, and he's been doing it for what two months, two so three far. months, yeah, yeah, and it, there's going to be a little a long while of it still yet, so you know it's, it's going to build and build and build, isn't it? I think. I thought he made the end segment infinitely better just yep. for the forty seconds he was on screen. I thought the show in general was a bit pony. Yeah, I, I, I think it was a bit of a weak start to the year. There was there was the odd decent match like Harlem AFC Eddie Alex right uh, Ray Ray psychosis wasn't too bad, but there's a lot I of shite really on there as well. A lot of rubbish yeah. that they just didn't need to be on there, like showing off the Piper footage and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, it, it was that helping. It did nothing. Well, the, the the replay's been and gone for Starcade, so they can now show the actual full video of it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> there was a bit of shit on there, wasn't there? Yeah, I'm a bit so... worried about the Horsemen at the minute because there's just nothing good going on there. It's 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 a bit shit. It's the same rubbish. It's very the elite. Yeah, it's, it's like oh, you're not my friend anymore. You're not doing this. Right. Mm. Yeah, which is a shame because they were well, especially Arn. He was one of the most yeah. consistent things, and it's like. Is he just getting dragged into this shit now? And there's there's not really much yeah, he can he, do. You can tell he's not into it. Yeah, I don't think he is. But should we do our uh, standard post post show awards? Yeah, definitely. Uh, what's your match of the night, mate? I think it would be Alex Wright and Eddie. Yeah, I've got that one as well. That. As a full segment, thought... it added a bit more to the to the Eddie and Waltman stuff. Yeah, Alex Wright was good. Eddie Eddie was brilliant as usual, and. Good finish, and they both got their stuff in. I think Agreed. that was definitely the best. I mean, it was definitely of two or three that were good, but that was definitely the standout for me. Yeah, I agree with you, hundred percent. I think it's nice that it's. Well, I'm just thinking it's nice that they're building an undercard match <laughs> for once. <laughs> oh, exactly. My MVP, it's got to be Sting again, just for that yeah. forty-five seconds because it was the most <laughs> intriguing thing on the show. Yeah, and you just want to building see where it's going now. He's fucking over as fuck with us too, isn't he? Oh, Who'd have thought it after fucking wooden top sting or whatever? Hey, not talking, that's why. Yeah, that's it. Not talking, not wrestling. It's great. <laughs> Next up, the Pubic Enema Award, formerly known as Dick of the Day. They they won it at the Adjies, yeah. I'm afraid. They get renamed for this year. It's got to be Hogan, on it? Hogan Bischoff for that absolute kick, that absolute shite kick as well. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I'd role. say... Bischoff. Well, I'm going to go for Hogan because I'm just... I mean, he, he, he lulled me into a false sense of security because he had a couple of good weeks. Yeah. And I'll just, he's just reverted back to type and I'm just like, you're a fucking bald swat, go away. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> and Barnet of the Night, I've got I've got to give it to Eduardo's mullet. Yeah. yeah. It was flowing, Luscious, wasn't it? Flowing locks. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> Well, it was a an interesting return to Nitro, wasn't it? <laughs> um, I know, but hour and a half, you know. Yeah, I, I still I still enjoyed it. 
you know, there was still enough in there. That I think, I yeah. think it's probably the best wrestling show I watch weekly. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's saying something. Yeah. I mean, some some good stuff Collision's on Collision and stuff like that. But you know, but yeah, it's it's definitely it. Def- I definitely enjoy watching it. Even some of the bad stuff, you still get a bit out of them, don't you? There is some comedy gold in there. Yeah, there but is. not mentally comedy gold. It's just the shit that tickles you in it. So it's yeah, yeah. Nicky Patrick again. Love, love, love a bit of Patrick getting <laughs> just know, getting battered out of the ring. <laughs> well, I am looking forward to getting back onto it on a regular basis now after yeah. that little break we had. Next, uh, next episode, the thirteenth of January, is the big moment in that. Right, okay. I'll be looking out for yeah, that. Then. So you definitely will. You can't miss it. Okay, basically. So I think right. I think next time out, I think next time out, we're going to do the thirteenth of. January Nitro, and we're gonna we're gonna leave Fighter Fest bonus till the end of the month. What do you reckon? Yeah, that sounds good to me. So, because I'm I'm fully on board with the Nitro bandwagon again, and mm-hmm. I want to see what happens next week. I know a bit of what happens, but yeah, it should be a good, ep- well, a better episode next week from what we I've skimmed over briefly. We've definitely had worse episodes. I mean, it wasn't the best, and there was some absolute shite in the first hour, but there was there was that second hour was a, was better. There was a, there was enough yeah. in there. Yeah, some of the MGM Disney ones were a bit woeful. Yeah, as well, they so. weren't great, were they? <laughs> that was because they spent off in Japan, weren't they, and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the, you know, Nash, Lawn, Dart, and Ray, I think, yeah. and that whole sort of kickoff, I think most of the MGM ones were a lot worse than this, to be fair. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, so our next episode will be the 13th of January, 1997, Nitro, and then followed by our episode three of, well, wouldn't you know who won the Tony? Fighter Fest 2019. So, as always, if you'd like to interact with us, we are at Adjective Pod on Twitter. We are available on a plethora, smorgasbord, a cornucopia of uh, podcasting platforms. Probably not Apple, not too sure. We'll, we'll, <laughs> That's a work it. in progress, that. <laughs> yeah, some gimmick as well. Uh, we are on Spotify, Amazon, Podbean, I Love Radio, I Heart Radio, whatever it's called, Samsung, Samsung Google, yeah. tons of shit. Obviously, on Spotify, if you want to uh, super kick, Booker T sidekick, Chun-Li spinning bird kick, Roddy Piper Insigori kick, anything like that, AJ Styles Pele kick, that subscribe <laughs> button, go for it. Go for it. Like it. If you want to leave us a five-star Davey Meltzer review on Spotify as well, we thoroughly endorse that. If you want to leave us a one-star, just don't leave it. Yeah, it's just, just, just be nice. Yeah. <laughs> only like the fives. <laughs> Anyway, it's been a nice return to uh turn to the bread and butter. Hmm. So even if even if it's a wolf so we enjoy chatting shit about it. So hopefully next one will be a bit better and we can uh, berate stuff and uh show some stuff. some more stuff and galate, <laughs> yeah, glacial. <laughs> so is there uh, any further business, man? No, no more, no more news to report. Well, in that case, I'll say those immortal two words: Rey Mysterio. Cheerio. The preceding podcast gimmick that was paid for by Look at the Edges.